from the depths of hell in Northeast Ohio. Join us as we destroy minds and reap souls with the films and music that shaped our lives and set us on the path to the horror of Narcast. Alright, alright. Season 2, Episode 3, finally. It's our crossover episode. Um, been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, you're a big skater, so this is right up your alley. <laughs> well, I I attempt to skate. I, well, I lost a lot of my... Uh... I attempt music, so it's <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I know with Narcast this season... We're not going to be doing it, so it's like a job every single week. We right. just, we want to kind of lay back and have more fun and, you know, kind of... Plus, you got band stuff going on. Yeah. This is a fun style of music, too. I mean, crossover is always really... Um, I think I always loved it because, you know, coming from like a metal and punk background, I think that... I think one of the things everybody loves about crossover is it does have kind of a looser, even though more realistic vibe sometimes mm-hmm. lyrically it is kind of it's fun yeah it's always usually because of the you know classic bands like cryptic slaughter dri vermont oh yeah all those bands are always i associate them with a good time um even though even though the lyrical content can sometimes again be a little serious it's definitely just a really cool uh style of music but it's always associated with skating and and kind of youth culture so yeah i think that there's a definite, I know we're going to get into like, you know, East Coast versus West Coast. Not necessarily versus, you know, in terms of like one's better than the other, but there are definite differences, yeah. especially with U.S. bands with East and West, because East Coast to me always seemed to be a little more serious. Yeah. You know, a little more on the hardcore side. What we're going to get into, I think a lot of the East Coast bands had more, um, a lot of the bands had more like metal players Mm -hmm. guys from metal backgrounds who maybe kind of approach their instruments from a more not professional but maybe a a different perspective where they really wanted to be good musicians Mm -hmm. um whereas i think a lot of the west coast bands kind of were more rooted in like a punk hardcore yeah i was gonna say it was like straight punk that you know especially you know we're gonna talk a lot about the book that you let me borrow yeah, Crossover the Edge. Really, with a book that inspired uh, this episode, really. It's a Crossover the Edge where metal, hardcore punk, and metal collide. It's by uh, Alexandros Anacides. Um, it's a good. It's been in my car good forever. History, yeah. It's it, like one of the many rock and metal books I have sitting in my cart. Yeah. And then I, it was awesome that you got it. I mean, it's literally just like a compendium of <laughs> of every it goes by regions kind of like what we're kind of going to do here loosely on this episode I mean obviously this is a this book is about 9,000 chapters yeah so there's no way we're going to cut I mean there were so many bands that I was telling you that I've either never heard of or I have yeah. heard of but I've never listened to and I'm just like wow and they, a lot of rare stuff a lot of uh, and it kind of it's good because he goes through a brief history of each band and gives you Seems like a little the, recommendation of like what records are. Yeah, and it seems like the going. biggest stuff was like with that book is it's either the U.S. and the U.K. had like the most bands. Yeah, and then everything else was, you know, he did cover a little bit here and there of you know everything else around the world and also bands that 
kind of dabbled in crossover or maybe hardcore fans or crossover fans would like. Yeah, like Nasty Savage. Yeah. Is it one of those bands? Uh, I think Mind Over 4 was one because I, yeah. I saw that and I was like, ah, that's kind of weird because they're not crossover right. at all. Because Nasty but, Savage I always kind of thought was... I, I had them kind of on the side note of like bands that maybe like help can help get you into this style of music for maybe some of our listeners maybe haven't really heard much crossover. It's basically a... If we have younger fans maybe that have heard about it that don't really know what it's about. It's basically like in the 80s, the blend of hardcore punk with metal. Mm-hmm. Specific, like specifically thrash was getting big. So um, we'll, we'll get into kind of like sonically how it's how bands are kind of different. But I wanted to maybe go first with what you have. If you have like some essential bands or maybe a list of albums you had. I know you have some written down. but Well, I... Let me start with newer bands because I was really racking my brain trying to find newer bands mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not that I'm just, I was just being, you know, a dick or an elitist and I just don't want to listen to newer bands. But I yeah. don't really, it seems like a lot of bands, and we were talking about this earlier, that it, it doesn't, it doesn't give me that same vibe. There's only a couple bands here and there. Um, two of them, and they're actually related, mm-hmm. uh, both from Sweden, Dr. Living Dead, oh, and then Negative Self. Negative Self is just straight up suicidal tendencies. Yeah, I was going to say Dr. Living uh, that's a good band. Um, but Dr. Living Dead, I love that band. Um, and Crossover, I think to a lot of people, probably just sounds like, or people who don't really know a lot about it, probably just sounds like thrash to them. That's what I was going to say. It's I think Crossover, it's one of the styles of music where it's, kind of a time capsule thing because during the 80s and the early 80s metal and punk and hardcore really weren't mm-hmm. they were flirting with each other bands were starting to play shows together but members were starting to join especially in New York really the crossover scene kind of wanted to get with New York bands first if you mm-hmm. don't mind because no, like New York ahead. bands I, I got, really I think got a couple for, for crap <laughs> I hope so for, for crossover I think you really I want to talk about New York first because because of the hardcore matinees at CBs and Brooklyn and, and like, you know, Lamar's, like those kind of shows, like you had metal fans and punk fans kind of coming to the same places and mm-hmm. those scenes converging. And that convergence produced a lot of fights, um, yeah. but also some good bands. Yeah. And I think that nowadays it's metal and punk have been so intertwined for so many years mm-hmm. that when a band like Power Trip comes out, it's like, they're crossover, but nobody really calls it that. Yeah. Because there's nothing's really crossing over. They've already been crossed over. Yeah. And like there's a band that uh, uh, Seeing Red, I think, just put out um, Thomas' label called Sanity Control. Yeah. And I wrote that down because of you. They are incredible. Incredible, man. And it, it was just today I was watching um, Zetro, Steve uh, Souza from Exodus. He has his own podcast that he does um you can watch it on youtube but he had lars frederickson on and he had him on for about three hours and it's an awesome lars frederickson from rancid mm. and uh, lars frederickson and the bastards um and so he lars frederickson was talking about how punk and metal in the early days he said to him there were really only two bands that the punk's and the metalheads agreed on one. Obviously, was Motorhead. Yeah, and I had Motorhead as my as the Godfathers of crossover. Yeah, and he said the other one was ACDC. He was like, for whatever reason, good call. all these punks just loved ACDC. Yep. But he 
you can't like metal and not like if I'm going to say this on this podcast. If you have a problem with ACDC, dislike our page. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Yeah. I don't, take your fucking, take that cool guy attitude somewhere else. Man. Yeah. You don't like rock. You probably can't drink. You're probably a, a complete and utter sissy <laughs> on all levels. No, I agree 100%. But yeah, he was talking about the different, um, you know, the different bands that some people were into or, you know, the punks and the metalheads, you know, could come uh, come together on. And uh, even though he came from more of like a metal background because of his older brother, and then as soon as he, as soon as he got into his teen years, it just kind of like stopped, and he was just straight punk. Yeah. But now that he's older, he's kind of going back. But it was interesting to, you know, when you mentioned in the, the early 80s about those bands, you know, on a lot of the shows, a lot of the, there were punk bands that were, on the same bill as like metal bands yeah and so that's where a lot of that sure and I think uh, as far as the New York scene um, I, I had my the, the, really the, the handful of bands I really wanted to mention were right off the bat as far as important crossover bands from that I think Cro-Mags Agnostic Front Carnivore um, Leeway are definitely bands that I think were instrumental and crucial to early crossover. So mm-hmm. if I had to really go through those early records, especially like for AF, I think especially uh, Cause for Alarm and Liberty and Justice. Because yes. Victim and Pain's like still kind of hardcore. Yeah. Strictly hardcore. But when they get to... Liberty Cause, and Justice is like a straight metal album yeah. to me. And but Cause for the, Alarm I think is really the, 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 the quintessential early crossover record. Mm-hmm. And like... I love Best Wishes most, but even like That's Age of my Quarrel, favorite. there's tons of metal in that. I, You know, the thing with Age of Quarrel to me is that is like the classic 80s hardcore it record. It is. And then Best Wishes is like the classic 80s crossover. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's... There's people, so, people still butt heads. I don't like about... Like Matt Tard and I always... Well, butt heads Oh, you mean about, his comment where he said Best Wishes sucks? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, he's not going to like this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he definitely comes from, like, you know, he's a total parkour punk dude. Yeah. He, he would... I understand that that perspective. Like, I understand why a lot of people don't really necessarily um, best like wishes, one or the other, you know. Best Wishes is the first one I heard. I didn't hear Age of Quarrel first. I heard Best Wishes, and it was because of our buddy Arnie. Years ago, played Best Wishes for me, and... I didn't know what the hell it was at first. I thought it was just a thrash metal album. Yeah. But. It's very metallic. When I heard Crush the Demoniac. Oh, yeah. I mean, instantly I grew like six more dicks. I mean, it was just unbelievable. The riffs on that album. Oh, yeah. Are insane. It's it's crazy. And then I went back and, you know, heard Age of Quarrel. And I thought, just... All the songs on it. I thought that, like, this is the quintessential hardcore record. And that's how I feel, how I feel about, the, I think, Retaliation by Carnivore and the first self-title. I think those two records, huge crossover appeal. I think that Carnivore really is the, the hardcore crossover band for metal fans. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so heavy. The, it, an amazing release. Oh, you know, Jesus, Hitler... SMD like they're so like such so many classic tracks and 
those early bands, I think, really helped bring a more of a metal sound to what was happening in New York hardcore. Mm-hmm. And then you get to like stuff like Ludacris and Crumb Suckers, which, for my money, I'll say this, the best crossover album from New York, to me, is Life of Dreams. I just listened to it today. By, it's... Up by Crumb Suckers. I think it's perfect. I think it's the perfect blend of hardcore intensity, moshable hardcore, you know, fast parts, but with some awesome metal playing. I mean, Beast on My Back is great, but it's maybe too metal a little bit. Mm-hmm. The hardcore and punk is a little diluted. But Life of Dreams is perfect. And, and, and Ludacris, again, was another band, like, super good players. Mm-hmm. But those bands, you can tell, like, the Long Island bands really, like, they had metal guys who yeah. could really play. And that's why Leeway was so great as well, because they had... The crossover wasn't just metal and punk. Like, Leeway really brought a lot of R&B influences, a lot of, like, soul influences. Eddie's vocals, mm-hmm. really, really, really soulful, good singing, different rhythms. You get a little more groove here and there sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's where I think bands like Biohazard maybe took a lot of that influence. Dude, Biohazard, you know, I didn't know whether or not to put them... I didn't know if people thought of them as... I, I do. I think they are, especially the first album. Yeah, and for me, it's the first three... Definitely, um, especially urban discipline and state of the world address. I, I told you that in the car when we were going to get food. Um, shout out to the Korean place we had, which was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the, the the New York hardcore in the in the nineties that was kind of popular bands like Sick of It All, um, you know stuff like that. It, it's kind of born from this scene mm-hmm. crossover. Marauder, so, yeah, Marauder, like blending metal and hardcore kind of started with these crossover bands, and then you get. Even to bands like Raw Deal, Killing Time, like they were heavier, more metallic, maybe you know. I think Sheer Terror could even kind of be mentioned too. Definitely yeah. blended like Celtic Frost metal with you know. But mm-hmm. if we're gonna talk about New York, we gotta talk about SOD at length and MOD because they're Billy Milano. I mean, speak English or die is could be that could be the number one crossover album for a lot of people. It is. You know, it's it's weird. You talk to people who don't like Anthrax. They hate Anthrax, Me. but so Oh, God. <laughs> but Speak English or Die is... It is essential in every way. Every way. I mean, Scott Ian's riffs on it. I mean, come on. Danny Loker, Scott Ian. Yeah. Uh, Sounds Charlie. like it recorded two days. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like... You know, and they did do some goofy shit, you know, here and there. The Ballad of Hemi- Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Douche Crew, Freddy Krueger. part Kruger. of the crossover's appeal, though, was always having, like, a sense of humor sometimes. Yeah, and I think a lot of... Humor. It seemed like more of the East Coast bands, I think, had, like, what? more of a tongue-in-cheek, whereas the West Coast bands didn't really... Um, I think maybe which I'm fine of, with. Because of the scenes they came from, too, with hardcore and punk being... Um, you know the New York scene being a little bit different. Um, anyway, from that, I think kind of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe had a, a role to play in that. Uh, but I think you know, even like bands like Lost for Words are really, really underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you thinking? Here's one that when people said that it, that it they were a crossover band, I've always considered them straight thrash, and that yeah. was Nuclear Assault. See, I always... I thought it was just thrash, like speed metal, thrash metal. I never 
ever consider them crossover. But after reading some of the stuff in that book, I can kind of see why they would have that appeal. I always kind of consider Nuclear Assault crossover only in the way that they they definitely weren't just strictly approaching thrash from a metal perspective. They 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 had hyper fast rhythms. I think the vocal delivery mm-hmm. was very much rooted in, in hardcore and punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of in a similar way to like Tom Araya's delivery. Um, mm-hmm. Like really was really influenced by that kind of scene. It really wasn't metal singing and, and uh, they never really did a whole lot of mid-paced rhythms a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I always... Cons- and I think Handle with Care is nuclear solid at their, at their peak. I think it's a perfect album. I mean, Handle with Care, Game Over, The Plague, um, and Survive are essential in every way. Yeah. They're absolutely essential. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that coming... Because I'm coming from more of a metal direction... And so when I would hear some of these bands, I would just be like, that's just a, that's just thrash metal, like Nuclear Assault. But yeah. I guess if I, you know, if I, if I can look at things objectively and kind of, I could be like, okay, you know, I get it. Like you said, like some of the faster rhythms and stuff. Like Age of Coral. I mean, a lot of people as, just think it's a hardcore record. Yeah. And they weren't as technical. They weren't, they yeah. didn't have that. It was just really, really. Really like to the point. Yeah. Yeah. But. For me, it was New York bands for me, um, or the, more of the East Coast. Leeway Born to Expire is one of the greatest. Whole rock- discography is perfect. Yeah, Leeway's awesome. Open Mouth man. Kiss rules. Actually, Hornets Nest is my favorite Leeway song ever. But I Born to Expire is perfect. Um, you know, I, I they don't really have a note of bad music, but I think for the crossover specific episode. I think Born to Expire is really mm-hmm. your go-to album. Because, uh, I mean, Desperate Measures, I think, goes more to that, like, groove side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Born to Expire is uh, still kind of rooted in that in that early crossover sound. But His vocals are great, too. Amazing, amazing live singer. And that's, that's one of the differences with the newer bands compared to the old is the diversity in vocals, you know? They're so different, and I think newer bands that are considered crossover, they just have, to me, kind of just like straight, run-of-the-mill, hardcore vocals. Yeah. Whereas back then, it was different. It was more like yelling and all these bands. I mean, Dr. Knows, you know, to Leeway, to Biohazard, to Cro-Mags. The personality in the singing. Yeah. Like having character with the vocals. I think it's really important. Absolutely. Uh, but we didn't men- I didn't mention a ludicrous uh, album. I mean, I would say Immaculate Deception is the best. Uh, well, I mean, Power Trip's good too, but I think I would go Immaculate Deception being kind of right up there with uh, with Life of Dreams by Crumb Suckers. It, it, it also has to help that, like, Crumb Suckers, Ludacris, all these other bands were in combat. Yeah. So Massive distribution. It's Stuff like is kind of big, yeah. A metal label. A, really a thrash metal label, you know, but... Um, and I think that's, that definitely for me back in the day when I was getting into metal and I would see a lot of these bands, at first I just thought they were 
straight thrash bands, you know. Like, well, they're on combat records. It's got to be thrash. Yeah. But then I was like, eh, there's something a little different about these guys. They're not... They didn't seem to be as metal, and I didn't have a problem with that. You know? Yeah, it's definitely different than, like, Testament. Yeah. Like creator, you know? Exactly. Uh, we're going out of the... I want to get out of the West Coast, because I know this is your bread and butter, so... We'll get the suicidal tendencies out of the way now. <laughs> I can't believe you don't... It blows my mind that suicidal is just... I didn't get into it as a kid, and I think that, like, I just didn't... The skateboarding thing. I, I never, never really understood, like, the... I mean, I always thought that joining the Army was okay. Um, but I do love Excel uh, from that Venice scene. And, and, and Beowulf is also... A good band as well. Uh, that Welcome to Venice comp that you posted is a classic. Well, I mean, that's, that's Mike Muir, man. And it's like that Welcome to Venice comp is really what... And look, I mean, I respect suicidal tendencies. Yeah. I, mean, I think you have to. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's To me, it's like my argument with Voivod. I hate Voivod. I really do. I don't get it. I think the... The riffs are shit. The vocals are crap. It's objectively not true. <laughs> I just don't. But if anybody were to say that band sucks, like they have no importance in metal, I absolutely would defend Voivod. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, they're like they're a legendary band. For me, it's the same with Rush. I just can't do it. Right. You know, but I will defend them to the death because... They have a place. And Suicidal is the same, man. I mean, Mike Muir and Mike Clark, these are the guys, man. Mike Clark is this underrated riff master. I mean, I mean with, Suicidal, too, also brought in other elements, too, with rhythms. And, like, uh, kind of the same way the East Coast bands did. Where they brought in a lot of different influences, like Leeway, mm-hmm. uh, where they incorporated a lot of different stuff, especially later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. My, my top West Coast crossover band... Is Cryptic Slaughter. Um, I have Money okay. Talks as my. That's my quintessential crossover record. Mm-hmm. I love. Uh, um, obviously, the first album's great. Stream of Consciousness is cool. Um, yeah, we were just talking about Stream of Consciousness because it's like. It, it just it's a weird. It's like it sounds like a fucking demo. Yeah, yeah. It's it's people worship mess. it though. Like they I really know. they really do. It's it's a lot of people's favorite. Speak your piece is mine. It's a cool record. Convicted and, mo- convicted and Money Talks are... If you only bought two albums and it was those two, you'd be really, sad. You really can't be upset at somebody. I mean, yeah, are, and I know Relapse put them out years ago. They reissued them. Um, Attitude Adjustment um, is my really my second runner. But it could be, be my first, but I can't... i got to give it to Cryptic Slaughter. But, um, you know, I, I think that American Paranoia is one of the best... Crossover releases ever in history, dude. Um, Split Image by XL is also up there, but American Paranoia is fantastic. I think it's yeah. so. Those attitude adjustment demos are yes. It's attitude adjustment and and and, and ludicrous both have such good demos that are yeah. so much harsher than <laughs> the actual regular. When you listen to the to, to the ludicrous demo, you it like kicks you in the face. Mm-hmm. It's so. It sounds, dude. It sounds like a like a European hardcore out. It's so yeah. ugly, um, and the attitude adjustment demos are, are like that. Also, I think it's really really cool. Everything um, about attitude adjustment, especially you know in my younger years when I would see this album, um, I always thought 
that it was without hearing it I always thought that it was a grind album because if that? you look at the cover art it looks like it could be something that Napalm Death would put out or something you know this is for for American Paranoia and I know when I got into Machine Head uh, really just the first album Burn My Eyes um, Chris Contos on drums I didn't know who the hell Chris Contos was oh wow so I I was like this dude is insane how is this the first thing the first time I, I you know that I ever heard him this is 95 you know I'm 15 yeah, years old really young and so I'm just like trying to figure out who this dude is and I that what got me into attitude adjustment that he was on drums and obviously his drumming on Burn My Eyes is way different. This is like more of a straight hardcore punk vibe yeah. to his drums. This whole album rolls. And I think one of the, one of the things with crossover, a lot of these crossover bands, the song lengths Perfect. They're like punk, yeah. hardcore. They're like minute and a half, two get, minutes. Get to the point. Trim the it's really what it is that separates from thrash. Trimming the yes. fat. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not going to get like a six and a half. Oh, I mean, minute. I, yeah, you, I mean, you get to like violence and some of those. Maybe like nine minute thrash epics. You know, Dark Angel and stuff like oh that. Oh my God, Heathen. Yeah, Heathen. It's so over the top. I mean, we got to get to your boys though. We got Doctor No. No. Records and Flash. I mean, dude, if you're a fan of Celtic Frost, well, I got it. Uh, I mean, come on, dude. We got to go back. <laughs> we got to go Jesus. back. We got to go back to su- suicidal because I got to torture you with this. Jesus Christ. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> suicidal man like I can't even express how how will I laugh tomorrow if I can't even smile today how will I laugh tomorrow if I have to listen to this fucking record again that's Rock, you cannot deny Rocky George Rocky George is on the new Cro-Mags album yeah which, Harley's I, which I enjoy I think it's really good I think that album's great I, it's it's a good you know kind of comeback is it the vocals for me I love, dude, I love Harley's vocals. I think they're great. I think it's perfect. Harley, dude, Harley Flanagan. Tone is a little weird. The what? It's kind of modern sounding with the tone a little bit. A little bit. The, I, I would say the production, because I think I, it was either Patrick or Randy. I think I was talking with our buddy Randy about it. And Randy was like, this production is trash. And it really kind of is. It like, Rocky George is buried in the production. Yeah, he is. And... If anybody that knows anything about Suicidal and Rocky George, the dude is like one of the most underrated guitar players in metal. Period. Hands down. Yeah. He's an insane guitar player. And if I had him in my band, he would be right up front. Like it would be, hey, here's the new Chrome. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was trying to maybe capture like the early sound, but it's almost like the. They. Just weren't using the right tools to get it. I, it's it's like, dude, it's twenty twenty. I can record this in my fucking bathroom, you know, yeah. and make it sound better. So I don't know, but it is an awesome album, especially with you know Rocky George being on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with me is I don't really understand. It, it's it's it was like astonishing to me when we started talking like years ago. Started talking about metal and thrash and stuff and I was like oh suicidal and you're just like oh that's fucking garbage and I was just like (laughs) wait a minute yeah but I don't know man I mean the first album to me 
self-titled is just a straight punk hardcore record. Yep. Just the self-titled. Join the Army is getting, that really is getting into the crossover. I'll go on record and say I, I do like Join the Army. So, But How I Laugh is the best suicidal album, is, is as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Surf and Slam is an instrumental. Dude, Suicidal Mania, Pledge Your Allegiance, Sorry. I hear sorry, and it's like the chorus, everything about it. Such, Just such an awesome... The lineup, R.J. Herrera, uh, Mike Muir, Rocky George, Mike, uh, Mike Clark, Bob Heathcote. Um, R.J. Herrera actually went on to uh, Uncle Slam. And the Brood. What's that? Uncle Slam and the Brood. I think it... Oh God, what did he do... Uncle Slam, and then the brood was uh, Luice, Luice okay. Mayorga. Right. That was those were the two bands that in that crossover book they put them together. Yeah, because it's kind of they're just suicidal offshoots. Right. In fact, there's a a flyer in there that shows the brood, and in fact, I think this is it might be on the next page. I thought it. Uh, I thought it showed. One of the um, one of the flyers, yeah, right here, where it says Luice and RJ um, from suicidal, you know, from suicidal, kind of. But dude, how? Let me just say this though: Lights, Camera, uh, Revolution to me is the end of like the real heavy crossover thrash in that era for suicidal because art of rebellion as much as i love it it's like i was telling you in the car earlier it's not a crossover album to me it's i'll play it i'll play it for you some of it before you leave but it's when you hear it you'll be like this is really it's it's almost like their countdown to extinction or black album it's kind of how i I had another band from the west coast that um i i think i think uh something that like needs to kind of be mentioned I think that Black Flag with My War is maybe also proto crossover a little bit bringing heavier metal influences into Black Sabbath and, and stuff like that into, mm-hmm. the, into the fold and Blast uh, which oh, is basically dude. like you know a Black Flag clone band mm-hmm. uh, I think needs to be kind of mentioned with crossover because I, I, mean, I, I think they really um, I was going to put Blast down Power of I... Expression and you know It's In My Blood those are kind of because I know they're in the book to me, though, I it's weird when I think of crossover. I think it's it's got to be punk and kind of thrash. Yeah, that's why they're kind of an. I want to mention them, but it's, they're not really thrash. Blast, yeah, but blast is not thrash at all. But right. it's but yet they're still in the book as crossover, and so I guess using crossover is just like more of a. It does blend metal and hardcore, just not in a thrash exactly way. Yeah, that's yeah, because those two albums are. Absolutely incredible. Because I mean, if that's the case, we can even say that like Sludge is a type of crossover. Yeah, you know, um, which I think is true, and I think it's it's expanding that term. And I, I think a few punk bands need to get mentioned in California. Again, not really crossover, but definitely kind of informed it and had appeal. I think Final Conflict mm-hmm. from uh, Orange County. I you know Ashes to Ashes, pick it up, get it, listen to it. It's mm-hmm. perfect. One of the Ashes to Ashes, in my opinion, is the best West Coast punk album. 
in history. It's perfect. Um, Crucifix, I think, is another band that is important. Uh, just, I, I, a dehumanization is just incredible. Uh, quintessential 80s, you know, punk record. Uh, and, you know, I, I also would maybe say that some of the other uh, mystic bands, you know, False Confession, Flower Leopards, those are really important mm-hmm. bands too. I think I've kind of crossed, you know, get into Dr. No. Uh, they also kind of blended more goth death rock, but they definitely had. Do you like some the nar- a lot of the Nardcore bands? Yes. I think a lot of Nardcore them being from Oxnard, California, um, west of LA, right on the coast. Uh, some crossover, some just you know straight up, just hardcore punk, um, aggression. Like you said, you said false confession. Yeah, right? false confession. Yeah, ill repute. Um, RKL, which I know, a buddy uh, Rocky, Jason, the big RKL. Which kids fan. on LSD. Yep, great albums. Um, to me, though. It's it's got to be one hundred percent Doctor No. Yeah, this island Earth is good. Kyle Toucher is one of the best uh, songwriters that you'll ever come across in this in, in this kind of field. I mean, they wreckage, wreckage and Flesh is a perfect album. It really is. I think it's their it's their best album. Dude, Kyle's vocals are so unique. Um, I know in that in in that book they talk about how the cover art, the he the guy that wrote the book, the author said that he thought it was trash. I don't know the cover art's what caught my eye. Back it's in definitely the day. cool. It had it keeps the, like all those Oxnard bands kind of had that kind of a little horror kind of vibe with the. It's the same the same dude Eric Gottesman. He's the one. He did a bunch of different. Um, I can't remember the other bands that he. I think Excel. He did uh, album he covers split, for Excel. I think he did Split Image, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other bands that he did, but Doctor No, he said was like the worst. But I don't know. Wreckage and Flesh is the album's incredible. They, they could have a, a, a fucking a, a fucking chinchilla on the album cover. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> the music's fucking amazing. You know, there's a metal band. Named Chinchilla. I'm not surprised. Fucking power metal sure, band. Sure. I thought it was a joke. I'm back sure it's album of the month for banger. And, <laughs> no, they were on Metal Blade, and I was like, "Is this a joke? You named your band Chinchilla? It's fucking ridiculous. It's just awful power metal. Anyway, it's um, fucking power metal. Uh, you know, of course, like <laughs> Chinchilla. Something powerful about a Chinchilla. Oh my god. Well, I guess now we can tell everybody about our new album, Guinea Pig <laughs> or Gerbil. <laughs> God, call it gerbil and have uh, Richard Gear on the cover. I don't know if you know the. <laughs> but wreckage and flesh, dude, is, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, you look at a picture of them; they look like metal guys. Yeah, you know the same with like Beowulf back in the day. A lot of these like bands that were either from Oxnard or Venice, or you know. Really, just the West Coast. They really did look, for the most part, I think they they didn't look like classic punk dudes. Really, they looked like a bunch of skaters and surfers. Yeah, to me, you know, West Coast is my thing. So, as much as I love East Coast bands and I love Agnostic Front, Chromags, 
you know, all that stuff. SOD, Crumb Suckers, Leeway. One band we didn't talk about, Gangrene. Absolutely love Gangrene. You got it. Mm-hmm. Older Budweiser. Yeah. Um, love it. I love I, I love the Jerry's Kids uh, take on metal with that metal album they did. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I don't hate stuff. on that stuff the way a lot of like, well, I know it's like blasphemy in the hardcore scene. I love like the DYS metal album. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that stuff is cool. I don't hate it. Maybe because I come, I got into hardcore and punk. Dude, a lot of people after metal, but a lot of people hate Chromax Alpha and Omega. It's amazing. I I, don't, I love that album. They don't like the the record scratching and the the rapping. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's cool. Yeah. I I think that. Um, oh, well, I, West Coast though, not just California. I had accused and septic death. I was just looking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. The Accused, I thought I saw that Blaine... Maddest Stories Ever Told is probably a runner-up, too, for... Those are those are classic albums, you know. Um, for me, and it's what I posted on, you know, in the group, Arnie got me into Grinning Like an Undertaker. It's a great album. That is, in my opinion, probably the most metal up to that point. It's... Yeah. It's really popular with a lot of death metal fans. Production... Is absolutely amazing. Um, Blaine's vocals are great, though. Always, they're great. Um, I really think, unique voice. Where was I reading that he owns a, a hamburger joint in really? Seattle or something? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Um, Grinning like an Undertaker came out in 1990. Um, kind of hard to find, I think. But you just gotta. <laughs> yeah, I. I I think that really with the cues you really can't go wrong. It's really a classic discography. Uh, really, Absolutely classic. It was on. I think it was on a. It was on nasty mix. That was yeah. called rap label. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. they you know they came from again like really huge, uh, you know punk background, but more fun than an open casket funeral is really really good too. Um, Another combat band, uh, huge, you know, with metal fans. I mean, Tons really, the first appeal. four full lengths, maybe five, um, are all amazing. Yeah, Return of Martha Splatterhead, and and I think more uh, fun cast and, and Maddest Stories Ever Told. Maddest Stories is, I think, for a lot of people, Maddest Stories is probably like the pinnacle for a lot of people. Um, but grinning like an undertaker for me is absolute bar none the best thing they ever released. Splatter Rock is good too. Came out in '92. That's still on Nasty Mix. Um, I dig that album a hell of a lot as well. But Undertaker is probably the best. And I also want to bring up. I think that now that I have your attention, what what, what do I do with it? By Sepic Death though, is. Dude, I'll be. You know how still underrated. I don't know how Sepic Death. I didn't know that that was. I always thought that was Grind. That was one of, of the yeah. bands that I never. I always saw their shit. Yeah. And I always thought they were a Grind band. Yeah. It's I. It's still to this day kind of sought after. Like kind of hard to find. Like, but like one of the most beloved underground uh, bands ever. You know, it's again like we'll get to this when I talk about. Um, the UK stuff, but 
Septic death really kind of comes from that chaos UK disorder kind of background where it's really, really, really aggressive, fast hardcore. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they're, their approach, their hardcore influences were so much more intense and underground than a lot of your typical crossover bands. Mm-hmm. That they all, I think that's kind of what separated them so much. Uh, that they had that influence, where it was way more influenced by faster, you know, UK hardcore, and then Septic Death really influenced you know bands like Siege, um, Deep Wound, you know. Uh, that's the so kind of septic like, death is, um, isn't that that's where Pusshead came from, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Some reason I don't know, man. I always I always, <laughs> I always saw the name. You know, there's so many, so many different bands out there. Especially when I worked at a record store a long time ago, it's like you see so many of these band names just come and go. You mm-hmm. just never listen to them, or you yep. just see album and their logo totally. Looks more like a death metal grind. Kinda, yeah, it does. And the know. artwork is really, you know. My my West Coast albums that I think are absolutely essential. Excel, Jokes on You, Split Image, um, Beowulf. Self-titled, although the second album is great as well. Those first two were just really just awesome. Um, I would say a Doctor No, Wreckage and Flesh, Suicidal, How I Laugh Tomorrow, um, Uncle Slam, Say Uncle, right. is another one. Uh, I go Cryptic Slaughter, I go Speak Your Peace, like I said earlier. Uh, then obviously The Accused, Grinning Like an Undertaker, No Mercy, Widespread Bloodshed. We were talking about East Coast stuff. I'm going to bring up an album by a band that a lot of people, when they think of this band, they probably don't think crossover. And I've even heard, the guy wasn't being serious, but when he was asking how to describe this band, he was like, I don't know how to describe them other than calling them urban metal. And that was prong. I could see and if that. you hear force fed... It doesn't sound like anything else that they really did. Force Fed is like a straight crossover album. Those members of the Crumb Suckers. So. Yeah. And that album is different than the stuff that came after it. I'm thinking of Propane. Never mind. <laughs> no, wrong. yeah. No, Propane is Crumb yeah, Suckers. Oh, yeah. um, Ted Parsons is in Prong, though, who was also in Godflesh. Yeah. Propane and Prong always, like... I always label them together. Propane is one of the, they're kind of like the ACDC of yeah, whatever hardcore thrash. Kind of taking that groove element to it like we were talking about. Kind yeah, of, Prong did the same thing. Prong is like Force Fed is for a lot of people the best thing they ever did, and I love it. But it's it's when I think of Prong, I don't think of Force Fed. Although some of the older school guys, when they think of prong, they only think of force fed, and everything else is like, eh. For me, I when I think of prong, I think beg to differ, prove you wrong, cleansing. Mm. Those three albums are to cleansing me. Cleansing was a big album. Was that cleansing was a big? Oh, album. it was like easily. I'd be interested in seeing the numbers on it because I don't know if cleansing or root awakening is. I think that I agree with you. I think cleansing. I mean, it was on Epic. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's the first one I got. 
Well, had the radio single, uh, Snap Your Fingers. Yeah, snap Your Neck. That's absolutely not a crossover. No. This it's whole def- album... I, I consider it, like, quintessential, like, alternative metal. And I think that that's, you know, if you listen to, like, Beg to Differ and Prove You Wrong... Which is a type of crossover. It's crossing into a different... Blending a different style of music with... I think that's kind of what this scene really brings, is, like, the spirit of expansion, musical expansion. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... Force Fed, though, have you listened to Force Because I know you were getting into Prong a couple months ago. Um, Did you listen really, to Force Fed? Really, it was Fed? Cleansing, I really thought was really great. Um, and back. Uh, I'll, I'll play this Force Fed. You're going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't really go past like the the earlier stuff much. It's, um, not, it's not an album that a lot of people know. I mean, if you would see the album cover, it's just kind of like, it's like a Godflesh album cover. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it doesn't, and it doesn't really look like a crossover album. No. But when you hear it, you're just like, holy shit, no, this is absolutely crossover. Um, but getting back to West Coast, we can't forget um, Canada as well. I wanted to do the South first. You want to do South first? Because I think DRI and COC, oh, if we okay. don't mention DRI and COC, I'm, I think we should get shot in the face. So, <laughs> you know, dealing with a violent pacification, 7-inch, Dirty Rotten, 7-inch, you know, Dirty Rotten LP, Thrash Zone. I mean, this is, mine's Cryptic Slaughter, but I mean, for a lot of people, DRI is the the crossover band, yeah, like I mean, God, with an album called you know, Crossover, yeah, with uh, good reason. Uh, My three favorite DRIs are Crossover, Four of a Kind, and Thrash Zone. Those are the three. I, Although mine's I love, the same, except instead of uh, in, instead of Thrash Zone, I would put Dirty Rotten. I love dealing with it in the Dirty Rotten LP, um, but those three, because again, that shows you're more of like coming from punk, yeah. And I'm more coming from like metal, so there really is no wrong answer with DRI no. because the band is awesome. And with COC Animosity, Animosity is the the I love. That's another one. It's I I look at the first COC like I look at Victim in Pain. It's mm-hmm. I look at it more of a hardcore record, but Technocracy and uh, and Animosity to me are are you know the the liberty and justice and uh, cause for alarm mm-hmm. for COC. I, I think that uh, animosity is, to me, from the Pusshead artwork to like every song, that the the anger, it's such a vicious, pissed off record. Mm-hmm. The production's perfect. It's the perfect crossover sound for them, you know? Mm-hmm. For me... And I think they always had the spirit of crossover. Even when they started doing the stoner rock stuff, yeah. playing different types of metal with well, keeping you know, the attitude. What, you know? what is Blind? I think it's I think it's crossover because that's my that's the first album I bought. I actually have a weird story on when I that was one of the very first CDs I bought. I mean, my God, I was it's a tw- really good album. Yeah, I was twelve years old. I remember going into Quonset Hut, the local. It's a very political album. store. Oh my God, that's. Really, the one thing, and we'll get into that, especially with crossover, like lyrically. Yeah. You know, um, but with Blind, I went in, I bought it, 
It was totally sealed. Yeah. And I brought it home. I opened it up, and I, I'm, I, you know, going through the booklet, and there was a bunch of math equations written in ink on the booklet. I've no, like, I still don't know. I took it back in, and I showed the guy. It looked like somebody literally opened the booklet and did their homework on it, and then folded it back up. <laughs> and he was like, "You just bought this here." I said, "Dude, I opened it up, and there was all this stuff." I'm like. I'm not trying to get my money back. I just want to get like a different yeah. copy of it. And he was laughing like, I've never seen this before. You let me get another one. He was like, I know that this was like, <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. But blind to me, I know, especially in that book, um, he doesn't He doesn't like, he doesn't think blind is a crossover. I, I do. Um, I, I understand why he doesn't, but I, I, I disagree. Um, and I don't really, I don't think it's Southern. I don't think it's really Sludge. I think it's just a crossover metal album. Because yeah. Because it's kind of... It's just not as fast. If you want to talk about Wise Blood or Deliverance, okay. Sure. Yeah. That I, stuff you're is pushing cool. it if you think... I said they retain the crossover spirit, but they're not crossover albums. But the two, uh, I was telling you earlier uh, tonight, the two without Pepper later in the career, uh, in 2012 and 2014... The self-titled COC and then the album called, you know, number nine. Those are, you got Mike Dean, Reed Mullen, Woody Weatherman, Mike Dean on vocals Mm -hmm. um, on, on both of those. Those are more like, they don't sound like anything like animosity or technocracy. Right. But they have more of that kind of hardcore spirit to them. Yeah. And I think it threw people off. It threw people for a loop because, you know, they wanted another deliverance. And instead, they got these two albums that I think are both great. Reed Mullen on drums, who just mm-hmm. recently died. Um, I mean, Reed Mullen's performance on Blind alone is worth everything. Um, Another band that he really wasn't too favorable of from the South that I this author that I really think is an amazingly underrated band is Dead Horse, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, a Peaceful Death and Pretty Flowers uh, is and Horse Corp are essential. Um, Dead Horse is a really unique, interesting band musically. Again, they bring in a lot of different uh, influences, a lot of different musical variations, thrash to some rock. Um, even a little bit of progressive stuff. They're really kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Impulse Manslaughter, too, is another really underrated band from the South. Uh, he who laughs, laughs, laughs alone. You know, great, great, really cool, again, really vicious crossover stuff. Uh, what a big UK 82 influences and in Impulse Manslaughter, too. Uh, I would encourage people to check both of those bands out. Um, but they're kind of just unsung. Uh, but he, he really wasn't too favorable with uh, Dead Horse especially. And I think that they're really neat. A lot of the Southern bands uh, really didn't have a cohesive mm-hmm. kind of scene or sound. They just kind of did their own thing. Uh, Evil Army is another Southern band. One best I saw that when I was looking online. I saw that on a lot of people's lists. Oh. Just that self-title, that Evil, Evil Army album. Harsh. Um, so uh, to me, Evil Army is just... It, the the angriest elements of DRI, like it's totally yeah. the same kind of vibe. Uh, I'm gonna, very much like SOD too. I'm gonna bring up 
uh, Cleveland band. I don't know what you're going to talk about. The Spuds. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say Civil Disobedience. No, the, the Civil Disobedience was great. Spud Monsters. Spud Monsters are also great. Um, I don't know, maybe not so much, um, you know, the later stuff, obviously, but Stop the Madness on Masker Records, mm-hmm. pure crossover. Domestic Crisis, too, I would say, is another Cleveland band that really needs to be mentioned. Yeah, I... Do you have this Spuds Stop the Madness? Andreas Marshall doing the cover art. An actual you, copy of it? No. Uh, I, I have it where they have... I did at some... I don't know if I have it anymore. Mine comes with the... I think there's like an EP that came with it. But um, uh, it's like the Ace of Spades EP or something like that. They do a cover, if I remember correctly. Um, but this album is absolutely perfect. Uh, Don Foose's vocals again, Amazing. different. Yeah, you know what I mean. Unique. Yeah, just unique. Um, another band that Arnie got me into. It's funny how Arnie, you know, who's been on the show, he was on several times last season. Uh, old school death metal guy into a lot of black metal, but absolutely, even from the early days, loved hardcore. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, he loved Earth Crisis and Integrity and all these different. Well, yeah, bands. but I think that comes from being up and coming up in a time where metal and hardcore bands played. Yeah, a lot of the same shows together. Things weren't so segregated. Oh yeah, as as they are now. Uh, you can. Oh, a lot of the flyers in that book, man. I mean, you got metal bands, thrash metal bands playing with punk bands. Yeah, you know, playing with different types of. Uh, I'd rather see a show. Maybe the like best that. thing about this book is the flyers. Like for the shows, that's just if you really want to, if you really want to curse your, yourself for not being born in the wrong decade. <laughs> yeah, I, although I'm sure Patrick probably has all these flyers in his basement. Um, here's a question: What do you think about Hyrax? Do you think it's speed, or do you think that they're crossover? I saw him. I think that Hyrax is a speed metal band. I saw. I don't think there's any element of. I I think they have appeal, but here's and I want to maybe kind of say why. I think that one thing that that hardcore that crossover really embodied was not just musically, but hardcore and punk influencing the imagery and lyrical content to some degree. Mm -hmm. I think everything about Hyrax, from the logo, the lyrics, the imagery, is metal. Okay. I think they can play with hardcore and punk bands. I think hardcore and punk fans like them. Uh, but I th- don't think they approach music the way a crossover band does. So here's my thing. You know, it's in my opinion. Yeah. To me, they were always just like a speed thrash band. So when I saw them on some people's lists, it was kind of like the nuclear assault thing where I was like, Hyrax? Really? I never really thought... And again, what does Nuclear Cell have? They have lyrical content, imagery, Mm -hmm. musically, vocally, they're influenced by punk and hardcore, like Hyrax, you know, it's... To me, from their approach, everything about them is... Dude, I mean, great band, you know. I don't know how you say the guy's name. Is it Katon? Katon? Whatever. Katon DePena. Awesome, dude. Awesome. I I actually... (laughs) I follow him on Facebook... And really I nice think guy. once a week or once every other week, he does these 
these videos where he just talks about records and shit. Yeah. And the guy is into so much, so many different. He's got like this, this you know, positive mental attitude, and he's just talking about so many different, you know, styles of music and all these albums he has, and it's just awesome. You know, totally yeah, I, awesome. I think Hyrax really embodies like they're just a fun good metal band mm-hmm. you know everything about them is really cool what, uh, what do you think about the Dayglows uh, if you want to get into Canada stuff I think I think Dayglow abortions they're the only ones crossover. I have uh, oh Beyond Possession dude come See, on now this is stuff come that on, you gotta dude. no Beyond Possession is 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 a must <laughs> uh, for anybody who likes any, you know any, anything crossover related but I do like uh, Daigle abortions a lot. I think that their uh, fetus of fetus is so perfect. The t- those two out, fetus of fetus, and here today, guano tomorrow. Those are the two. Look at this flyer: Daigle abortions exploited. You know, Daigle abortions ludicrous uh, at the Anthrax with desperate minds. I mean, these, these flyers are great. Uh, yeah, oh, look at that Exodus. Possessed and day glows. Come on, dude. Arnie was probably I, there. <laughs> what is this one? Corrosion conformity, dag nasty, and DBC. And DBC. Dead brain cells. With another awesome candidate. Slapshot. Slapshot, Christ on Parade, Sudden Impact, Youth of Today. Come on, dude. That, there was, I wonder how many people got their asses kicked in that show. Christ on Parade. Isn't that. Christ on Parade was uh, uh, Noah Landis. Uh, from Neurosis. That's what I'm saying. You have that vinyl, yeah, don't you? Mm-hmm. That's where, okay. The drummer in Christ on Parade. Christ on Parade, uh, fun fact, was the, they played the first ever show um, at uh, uh, that, that club in Berkeley. Um, why the fuck is the name escaping me now? Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that DIY club in Berkeley. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> I'm losing it. Total brain lock. Getting Alzheimer's. <laughs> Dayglow's uh, "Fetus of Fetus" has such an iconic album cover, and that's what caught me. I mean, with you know, Ronald and Nancy on the cover. Gilman Reagan. Street, nine twenty four Gilman Street. <laughs> okay, with a legendary punk venue. They played the first ever show at Gilman, uh, but Christ on Parade is maybe. They're very much punk, but they definitely had... They were a band that influenced a lot of the crossover bands, I think, especially. Uh, I think if you're into crossover and you haven't heard Christ on Parade, you should give it a shot. Uh, definitely good. DBC, though, is uh, a lot like Beyond Possession, too, but uh, the, the Dead Brain Cells LP is you know pretty, pretty stellar crossover stuff. But... As far as uh, Beyond Possession, you know, I would, uh, I would, I would definitely. I gotta be honest with you. Me. That's that's a new one on me because I, I don't know Beyond Possession. They have a 1985 to 89 compilation called Repossessed that is pretty widely available. I think it might be even on some streaming services. Uh, but they're really cool. Uh, if you're into, you know, skating. They're all about <laughs> skating and stuff like that. So. Not a lot of uh, Canadian bands. I know we were, you know, I was, before we started the podcast, I was like, 
seems like most of the of what the book covers north just united states and uk were the two biggest areas to me i think aside from new york i think the uk is the biggest for crossover and i like the way the UK bands blended hardcore because you have to remember mm. hardcore in the UK was much different than hardcore in the United States. Oh yeah. So, and I think that even bands like Onslaught were mm-hmm. really, really punk. So much discharge and power from hell. Um, it's such a perfect blend of metal and punk, but just in a different way. You would, but that's one side of it. Concrete Socks is a good crossover band, but they. That split with heresy, different style of hardcore, different, you know, approach to the music, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Those two bands really, right off the bat, I think the Concrete Socks, uh, Split with Heresy, Power from Hell, English Dogs, when English Dogs started so to do metal. Like, yeah. Uh, English Dogs are great, dude. Awesome. Again, incorporating metal in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's crossover, but it's not necessarily, you know... The faster side of hardcore, it's darker still. But the it's thing with a lot of the UK stuff, it big exploited fan, and, and even what's cool about the UK bands is metal influenced hardcore and punk in the same way, where you start to see bands like exploited, mm-hmm. Death Before Dishonor, starting to do more metal stuff. Mid era exploited to me is crossover. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know Death Before Dishonor is a quintessential crossover record. The thing with the English stuff, the British stuff, which I thought was great, is there was less... The, the stuff, the UK stuff is, sounds less like thrash to me, the crossover stuff, and more like just straight... With a lot of the English dog stuff, I can hear a lot of like New Wave British heavy metal. If you want my opinion too, I think Deviated Instinct, Axe Grinder, and Amoebics are also crossover bands. Oh, Amoebics definitely. There's 100%. A couple of those albums. talking about mixing metal and punk, if you don't hear some venom and some mo- and some heavy mo- like motorhead influences, what do you think of Unseen Terror? Unseen Terror, that's getting a little more into fast grind that became fast hardcore that okay. influenced grind. Uh, same thing with like Righteous Pigs from the U.S. That's why I didn't really mention it. Could be considered crossover, but it's that right, that's yeah. A righteous Pigs is a little heavier. That's a different kind of uh, you know. We can do a whole episode on just that, but that's a little different. But Deviated Instinct, uh, again, same thing, uh, you know, guttural breath, totally that heavy, dark venom influences with the crust, I think was perfect. And I think, think Sacrilege. Sacrilege is one. Honestly, man. Dude, I, Beyond the Realms of yeah, Madness. It, Beyond oh, the Realms of Madness is, is honestly. Within the That's prophecy. my favorite European crossover record. Really? Yeah. It's. If I ever started a band and didn't sing, I would want to play bass in a in a band that sounds just like Sacrilege. Dude, rules. It's the best. Those are my favorite vocals mm-hmm. of any like age. I love it immediately. If you haven't heard Axe Grinder though, uh, you know I, I really would uh, uh, check out really anything. Uh, Here, okay. Here's my question. If you're into like bands like Tragedy and stuff like that, modern bands you probably really like. Fans of Axe Grinder. Yeah, because we talked about this. I was, I'm asking you because anti sect as well, like Broken Bones, and we when we talked about it. Yes, crossover. Yeah, it least. is. I think I think Anthony Bones uh, was definitely a heavier guitar player. I think them Bones and Decapitated obviously are clearly more punk. Mm-hmm. But once you get into Foad, 
and especially losing control when there were most all new members in the band anyway at that point. Uh, it gets definitely more crossover, but Broken Bones always had from bone the imagery crusher. to the everything. Bone Crusher is, I think, their best record. It's Come like is my forward. favorite Broken Bones song ever. It's definitely metal influence. I think it's definitely a crossover album. What do you, so? See, this is losing control is totally. Possible. You know way more about the UK stuff. I know. Again, I know. It's this is why I was really into doing this episode because when we were when we talk about the stuff, I'm coming from heavy metal. Not yeah. that because you, you're obviously a huge metalhead, but when we start talking about it, it would be like if we were talking about stoner. You might be coming from more of a metal cr- more sludge, yeah. sludge, and I'd be coming more of like a psychedelic, yeah, right. You know, kind of which influences the kind of bands. And some bands I don't really try out because mm-hmm. I don't. I think uh, that's how you, like Nebula you got me into. So yeah, I never really. And so that's why I wanted to do this because there's all these bands, especially the UK bands and even the Swedish bands. A lot of the Swedish bands that yeah, Broken Bones is in there. Um, the Swedish band that I always liked, but I didn't know if you consider them crossover, black uniforms. Do you think that's more just... I, I was going to go into Sweden, <laughs> um, so I need to I need to calm down. Um, the last thing, band from the UK I want to talk about... I'm pretty about, sure you just climaxed when I said yeah, black I uniforms. There's definitely, there's definitely <laughs> some juice. Uh, I'm going to have to clean my... Hellbastard, uh, I think, is, is a really Dude. great UK... Natural more thrash. Order. Natural order is a great. You could argue it's more thrash, but and that me, was I, on I, earache. I hear the the punk in it, um, dude. It's one hundred percent. A lot of people just say it's poorly played thrash, but it's it's just it's no. Kind of I always thought Hell Bastard. Um, I like Hell Bastard. A lot of people were always like, man, the UK had the worst thrash scene. It's like because it was mostly punk. A lot of metal people hate UK thrash bands. I mean, it's it, like, it, you know, Eccentrics is good, like Reanimator. There's Cerebral bands. Fix. Cer- oh, Cerebral Fix, I would say. Crossover. They cover GBH. Yes. Like, has a huge. Everything about Cerebral, Fri- uh, Cerebral Fix. Did I, did I ever show you my set that I have where I have every album? No. It's like a Cerebral Fix box set. Trust me, you'll have. You'll, Seriously, you'll climax again. Uh, but now we can go into um, Sweden. Uh, I think that Black Uniforms, um, first of all, is impeccable. Uh, <laughs> they are incredibly amazing. Uh, eventually had members on Drill or Killer and stuff like that. Uh, crossover, I don't really know. I mean, Faces of Death is pretty crossover. Uh, they blended metal and, and punk. But I don't think, again, kind of like uh, Hyrax, mm-hmm. I think that most of those bands were just punk bands. Like Anti-Symex is, you could even make an argument, there's crossover appeal with it. It's very metallic, mm-hmm. country of Sweden, Scandinavian Drawbreaker, but that band definitely never considered themselves a you know what's metal weird? band. A lot of the UK and the Swedish stuff, if we're talking about North America, even Canada... There's such a huge like thrash metal influence, and it was more Even Poison Idea had a lot of metal influences. Yeah, you know, especially on Feel the Darkness. But with the UK, it always seemed everything to me was like a lot of these bands were just a couple steps away, like a stone throw away from grind almost, like the early grind yeah. stuff. 
because it's just how kind of grimy they were, crusty. I mean, every like discharge, um, broken bones. I mean, if, you know. if, if we're going to call, you know, even with like crossover, even like Japanese bands like Gizm. Yeah. Were definitely brought in a lot of metal. You still wear that like, shirt I got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even less, like Sound of Crime Therapy especially. And even like, you know, and like the early stuff, you know, Detestation had a lot of metallic guitars. Um, but that's not really crossover. It's just, it has, I think that these are kind of bands that incorporate metal, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider the Swedish DB bands crossover only because they, they're still approaching it just as punk, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but you can make an argument that even a band like Raw Power from Italy is oh my god we just crossover to that crossover friendly you know they definitely had some crossover appeal uh you can just jamming that tonight driving yep. around before we did the episode and i mean i have it uh on my list screams from the gutter mentors is a band that's crossover Dude. friendly i mean they <laughs> yeah. definitely incorporate metal and punk uh you know in in a way that's and uh, we were talking about sacrilege you know detente Mm-hmm. Another band that's kind you of like that up. too. As I was reading that book, I was watching a detente video on YouTube of them in the studio back in the eighties recording, and then I like flipped the page and detente was on the page, and I was like, "All right, that's kind of creepy." But yeah, they are really good. Love detente. Um, you brought up the mentors, which <laughs> lyrically. Not absolutely, probably the most politically correct band. Oh, they're very woke. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Gee, just listen to the Four F Club. It's it's not what you think it is. Right. There's no misogyny going. <laughs> the mentors enjoy the mentors now because I uh, I think they're about to be eradicated from this <laughs> yeah. memory. Uh, we didn't talk about Vermont um, at all. We kind of missed them when we were talking about West Coast stuff, but um, I enjoy them. Yeah. Um, a little goofy, but... Yeah, Beer Mock yeah. and, you know, Shark Attack. Both great albums. Do um, you consider Sacred Right crossover? No. I consider that just thrash. Yeah. But See, I think they have the appeal weird... to the... No, they do. And it's because, first of all, the cover art for... Uh, ignorance is you know, oh yeah that looks more like a hardcore punk yeah, album it does. you know very politically charged lyrics yeah um, and I think that's what you see with a lot of these different crossover bands lyrically they're political you know a little more for serious. the most part I'm not singing about elves and <laughs> I mean carnivore kind of got goofy here and there what was yeah. That? Even even Carnivore was still rooted in like reality, like no, they technocracy did. and stuff. Like it was maybe a little they tongue had in cheek like, and politically incorrect, but yeah, they had more kind of like some of their lyrics were like super dystopian and yeah. you know just. Kinda, I think a lot of the I think the band's original image was dystopian, yeah, films and stuff like that. The thing you know, SOD, like we said, was kind of goofy here and there, but they still had a big. They had a political leaning, you know, yeah. to, to their lyrics, and. The thing with me is I, thrash metal was, to me, always this perfect mix of punk and metal, but it was more metal. 
crossover was like an absolute, almost like 50-50. Yeah. And it, it gets confusing. I see people argue all the time online about what's crossover, what isn't crossover. You know, and it's kind of like... He incorporates in this book, he has post-mortem in there, and he has uh, at war. To me, I think those are maybe leaning more towards metal. Yeah. More towards speed or thrash. Um, because they didn't have that really that good 50-50 blend. Yeah. Uh, he also puts, like, Void in here. Yeah. And I think that I always kind of looked at Void as straight-up hardcore. I, yeah. I don't think... they Again, they didn't approach anything from metal. It always it's looked blast. Hardcore. I would even put an asterisk by... By blast, mm-hmm. only because it's they really. I think they were just they were being heavy, but I don't think they were trying to be metal. No, I know. agree. That's why when I saw Blast in there, I was kind of like, I love Blast. I no, love those albums, great. but yeah, it's not. If you like Black Flag, you're obliged to like Black. <laughs> yeah. like, but Blast is not Beowulf. You know what I mean? Right. Like Beowulf is. A crossover band, Acrofet actually. I think Cryptic from... Slaughter is the quintessential crossover band because they literally have two metal guys and like two punk guys in the band. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like there you go. Four derelict dudes like started a band and argued over what the band should sound like. I think they're. Um, I think they're, they they still continue. Is it Cryptic Slaughter that uh, they're in Low Life now? Is that the yeah? Band that I'm thinking of. I think Tard saw them. It was really good. Oh, really? I mean, he saw the new Accused, actually, I think. Accused AD or whatever it is. He said it was really good. How was that? He said it was amazing. Is Blaine in it or no? Ask Ken. I I don't remember. I wasn't at the show. I should have gone, but I didn't. I regret it because he said it was amazing. Uh, He has FUs, too. And I, I, see, again, I think that's a straight up hardcore. Mm -hmm. It's a straight up Boston hardcore. You see here, the Accused AD. Yeah, I guess it is Blaine Cook. Huh. It's kind of strange. I didn't even know this came out. This came out just last year. (laughs) The Accused AD, The Goal in the Mirror. I'll have to check it out. Um, A piss boner and a handful of dirty words. That's good. Looks like they're continuing their lyrical dominance. Mace was another band we didn't really uh, touch on. Um, But again, that's kind of more speed metal too. Like, they, they never really... The Process of Elimination LP... Uh, that's kind of teetering, too. I mean, I never really considered that uh, crossover too much. I really don't hear... I, I can get it, though. I mean, if we're going to say a lot of those UK bands are, are crossover, I guess it counts. Um, but I think if I really had to go with a favorite scene... Oh, I, I did forgot to mention as well as UK stuff. I think Electro Hippies... Mm-hmm. Are also considered crossover. They are a little bit more with on the punk side, um, but that collection from '85 to '87 is. If you haven't heard Electro Hippies, I really suggest picking up really fast. Um, really, really crazy. Kind of really influenced by Chaos UK and mm-hmm. Disorder and stuff like that. Um, big, big influence on early grindcore bands. Uh, so I would definitely give them a shot because they belong, at least in the conversation. <laughs> that, yeah, and it's like the UK stuff. You know, it's weird. I would go West Coast for me, then, honestly, probably UK and then East Coast. 
in terms of as much as I love Best Wishes and Born to Expire, some of the some of the UK stuff just incorporates. It's darker. It's grimier. Yeah. There's just something about it that I, think I like the punk that is influenced in the UK stuff more mm-hmm. than the hardcore and punk that influenced the New York bands. But I like. I think the New York crossover bands are classic, but they they almost they're so much different. Like I I, I never listen to like Sacrilege and the Crumb Suckers. And think they're the same style of music. No, not you know? at all. The you know, Crumb Suckers and Ludacris and stuff. It just seemed, it, it it didn't seem as like, again, as dark. I mean, sacrilege. Sacrilege has a. I mean, they got a lot of doom. Yeah. I mean, they they kind of mix a lot of different styles in there. The, Mine's you know, been a lot of nausea, there. like and so there's a lot of crust influence in it. Um, Emebics is dark. Uh, 100%. Axe Grinder is really, really dark. Those are like really dark. Uh, even a UK band like Doom, I think, is has a lot of metal influences. I think that they mm-hmm. can maybe be a um, an at a glance band. Uh, but I mean, I think that Heresy as well. Like a lot of those kind of UK bands were just different. Uh, um, I think I think if you're into more of the American style of hardcore, mm-hmm. I think that. Um, you know stuff like Ripcord, you know, and those kind of like bands are more something that you'd probably like mm-hmm. uh, if you like that American style of hardcore. And they kind of, but those bands, that style of hardcore really isn't found in stuff like Sacrilege. Mm-hmm. It's more Discharge, yeah, more of that kind of thing. And I think that's maybe why there's fans of a maybe U.S. crossover on the East Coast maybe don't give those UK bands a shot. Because the punk that influences them is just so different. I don't think. I don't think. I hear Discharge get you know, and I see them get a lot of praise and a lot of worship. But I, I think that people need to like really consider how important Discharge actually is. I think they're the most important punk band ever. Absolutely. I think they're the Motorhead of punk. Yeah, I do. I'm about to say Motorhead because there's so many. Not only do the punks worship them. So many metalheads worship them it, too. When, when, when I'm so weary of a heavy metal fan that doesn't like Discharge, mm-hmm. I immediately I think all of your opinions have less value. Dude, Anthrax covered Discharge. Yeah, I. If, if you're a heavy survive. metal fan and you don't like Discharge, every one of your opinions has a little less value to me because <laughs> there's something fundamentally wrong with you. Just heavy, grimy. Dark, not crossover. No, no, absolutely. We're not saying that, but in terms of, you know, a band that is like Motorhead, that and both... if, if people are listening, yes, I like Discharge's metal albums. I think Shooting Up the World's awesome. I, I love that metal. I think I love all the eras of, of, of Discharge. I, you know, and that's the thing. I don't mind. I've met more fans that are into COC, more of the the stoner and the sludge COC than anything else. Um, I don't mind. I love every era, you know. I don't expect every band to do that, but the bands that have done that, where they do different styles and they do it well, I'm down with it 100%. I think it's cool. I think that they... uh, 
I think Discharge I, I was was always a band that a lot of early metal, a lot of early thrash metal bands worshipped. Obviously, you have to understand. Yeah. I mean, you know, Discharge the an entire genre subgenre of punk is dedicated to just sounding like that one band. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain bands like Carcass. Like Carcass has one album that spawned an entire genre of music. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. three really. But like it's. It's so important. It's again, like you said, well, it's here's crazy the that it gets overlooked. If like, you didn't have anti-Cymax, if you didn't have Discharge, would you have Entombed? No. Would you That's, have yeah. any of those Swedish bands that use that D beat and that? Yeah. You know. I think that's kind of something too that is. I think Discharge is more universally beloved outside of the states mm-hmm. because I think again the hardcore and punk that influence that. There's definitely a... I think that's really cool when we're talking about crossover again because this, I think it's so different seeing how every regional punk scene influences the sound different. Like West Coast bands, you can definitely hear more Crucifix, more early Black Flag, more mm-hmm. Final Conflict in the crossover stuff like Cryptic Slaughter. You know, mm-hmm. you can tell that they weren't really... East Coast hardcore punk really was an influence in their sound probably because they didn't have much access to it. Yeah. You know... Uh, whereas a band like Cro-Mags is just basically bad brains and then they incorporate some metal you know mm-hmm. and I, I think it's one to mention too like what do you think do you consider like quickness by bad brains do you consider that crossover I'm I'm going to this is going to be my hot take I'm not a bad brains fan really I, I never rock for light quickness I've, I've just never been a big Bad Brains guy. I don't like HR's vocals. Vocals. That's fine. That's fine. Again, they're kind of like Voivod to me, where it's like I appreciate them. Yeah, they they really definitely they're legends, but I've never. You know, there are definitely some more metal elements. Yeah, especially like quickness. Yeah. I remember I used to have quickness back in the day. Quickness, I liked. Um, quickness and Rock for Light were probably the two that stuck out the most to me. Um, but that first one was just two. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it, they're kind of like. Um, actually, I shouldn't say this because I was uh, blasting. You know, I don't like the Dead Kennedys, and I was blasting Bedtime for Democracy mm-hmm. all day. And uh, before you know, believe it or not, I liked it. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I just all of a sudden... So who knows? Maybe I'll come around. I will never... Mark my words. I will never come around on Voivod. Uh, it will never that. happen. I, I forced myself so many times to listen to the, that band. And it just... I can't do it. But maybe I will come around on Bad Brains. Um, but... I don't know. That's That's one band. Legendary band. And I like so much punk and, and hardcore and old school stuff. And I appreciate their contribution and their influence, but I just can't, I can't get into them. I think another band that we talked about, uh, maybe from the UK too, that uh, we've mentioned in previous episodes, I think is maybe, maybe proto-crossover, but I think it's Warfare. Combine metal and punk. Dude, you know? Warfare is basically just 
Motorhead and Venom put together to me. Yeah. Just sloppy, but it's heavy. Along with Motorhead, fast. I think Venom might be one of the first in Bulldozer. These are bands that definitely influence crossover. Blending metal and punk mm-hmm. and speed in like different ways. Maybe this is for some of the older listeners, but did a lot of the punks, they liked Venom, right? Didn't they? Yeah, I, really did. I mean, well, I... I don't, maybe not as much as Motorhead, but I, I've always wondered because to me, Venom was never really... They had such a punk... When I was younger, I remember in every punk zine and catalog, in the early 2000s, the only people that were selling Venom and Celtic Frost shirts were, like, punk Mm -hmm. zines. I mean, they always had an affinity for uh, those kind of bands. I I think that, you know, in the 90s, those bands weren't really beloved by metal fans. Yeah. It wasn't very cool to, like, Celtic Frost. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they were kind of a band that punk stuff because the production and the sound was a little yeah grittier and harsh. So, he, another big question, Cro-Mags. You go Harley, you go John Joseph. Harley. Uh, I think that... Uh, um, I think the Cro-Mags are Harley. It's Harley. It's his band. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and I think say John Joseph's great. the New York hardcore scene is Harley yeah, Flanagan. Yeah, it is. I, I don't like... it. It's First of all, he looks like a goblin. Okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, the dude, like... You can have the Chromax without John Joseph. Probably some of my favorite vocals. Harley's vocals are just... I'm not discrediting John. I've met John. I've played with him. He's been cool to me. Didn't He's, you... Hit the microphone into him or something when you saw what happened. Yeah, I think I Mike can tell us. So I think I he tried to kick me or something because I tried to hit the microphone and I was I don't know whatever, but <laughs> was was moshing a little too crazy at a Chromex show. My bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's probably worried about going to his next CrossFit tournament tomorrow <laughs> or some shit. But if it had been Harley, he just would have shot me. But mm, yeah, like it's. I mean, John's cool. I mean, he. Uh, he was cool when Mercenary played with him. He was really cool to us. And got a tape, I believe. It was cool. Said he liked it. Um, but I, I just think that Harley is the heart and soul of the band. Harley, to me, opinion. Harley and Roger Miret are like the heart and soul and Vinny Stigma yeah. of like New York hardcore. Yeah. Without a doubt. Now, I don't think you could have AF without Roger. Oh, no. I just don't see it. And my favorite AF... Uh, Personally, aside from cause for alarm, um, I I love one voice. I think it's great, mm-hmm. um, and I even think like you know that second wave of New York hardcore was definitely so informed by the crossover scene mm-hmm. that it's still a metal record. You know they uh, tour with metal bands, death metal bands for that record and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely you know. And they're another band that had different styles too because yeah. they put out some oi. Was yeah. it one or two Oi albums they put out? Uh, they had uh, Something's Gotta Give, which is like kind of like a Hellcat Records-style punk album. Is it, what was the other one? Dead Yuppies? Dead or, Yuppies, yeah. Um, but you, no, Ignosta Front, to me, did you see their documentary? Yeah, it was good. It was pretty cool. Um, I didn't know... Stigma was like such a character. Like, dude. <laughs> he's, like my, he's like my Uncle Louie. Yeah. Like, Total New York Italian... Yeah. Just hardcore guy. Yeah. In his 60s. 
still yeah, I think out he's, there. He's 107 just, years old. Yeah. <laughs> Roger lives in, I think, Phoenix now. Yeah. Which is crazy, right. knowing that they're not. But he is New York hardcore to me, man. I remember seeing that dude back in the day. He seems like such a nice cat that it's like, when you see pictures of him, especially pictures of him back, I mean, who back in the day maybe he was a complete piece of trash. He was personally. married to uh, the singer from Nausea. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amy. I didn't know. Yeah, Amy Moret. She was a. Uh, they lived in a squat. Yeah. yeah, is that the one he was talking about? Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't put two and two together, but uh... Roger uh, was the landlord for a squat for a while. Uh, Ezek from Crown of Thorns lived there. Couple other guys. Who is it that Lord Ezek? See, now we're getting into a hardcore episode here. Yeah. Crown of Thorns. You know he wasn't he like in some kind of spat recently with somebody. The guy from Trapped. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me explain this. Like, I, I've met Ezek a couple times. He's a funny guy. He used to live in Cleveland for a while. Um, I'm not uh, gonna get into some of his activities. Because if he ever does listen to this, he will actually kill me. And I'm fucking terrified of him, as anyone should be. Because I'm telling you, that guy from Trapped needs to understand, this guy will fucking kill you. That's what I didn't understand. I'm He's like, a really cool guy, but he will 100% go into your house and beat you to death with a wrench. <laughs> I was it will happen. that stuff with Trapped, and I was like... His girlfriend also has an OnlyFans, and she's extremely hot. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a stripper from New York. She's gorgeous. <laughs> but I was reading that whole thing between the trap dude and, the, and Lord Isaac, and I was like, I really... In some of the comments, people were like, I don't think you know who Lord yeah, Isaac he is. Really, you need to, like, literally... stop doing this. Like, we're not telling you that you lost anything or what... You just need to be quiet and just, like, gracefully just bow out <laughs> and disappear for a little bit. Yeah, he's a... Uh... <laughs> I'm just like... But yeah, that was that stuff. Was, I don't even. I can't remember what it was over. You know, I because how did that? How did that connection even get made? Trapped. You know, it's funny. Isaac told me a story about a show he went to, and we, it leads me to mention we had another band. His first, uh, um, he saw a leeway um, play a set at the Super Bowl of Hardcore, and he also saw back in the day uh, Rest in Pieces, which is another band I think that. We didn't talk about from New York. Rest in Pieces is a great crossover band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a little more hardcore too. And the Icemen too. Another great New York band uh, that I think has great crossover uh, style. But <clears throat> he something about those bands. Those are great bands uh, from New York. Classic. Uh, he's a really cool guy though. He, he has a lot of good stories. All the New York guys are such personalities. Yeah. That they're just, I mean, Billy Milano's. Oh my god! Great. He's Did a... you see the stage dive? You've seen that video, oh, yeah. SOD, where he's like, he it looks like he's up like fifty five feet, and he yeah. just like just dives off, and then everybody catches him, and he's and he's going through the the crowd to get back to the stage, and some dudes like grabbing the mic, yeah, and then he just takes the mic, and you can just hear this, and he's like hitting like beating the dude in the head with it, and it's like, <laughs> it's he's like, a he's a he's a character, man. I heard he's just like a complete piece of shit, like a dickhead in real life. But M.O.D., man, we've talked a lot about S.O.D. M.O.D. is great, too. M.O.D. is amazing. M.O.D. is awesome. Method of Destruction is, is fantastic. I think that... Uh, I, I think S.O.D. is 
so classic and has such classic people in it. Yeah. Uh, MOD gets overlooked. Yeah, it does. I, I think um, that without without Dan Lilliker and without Scott Ian and Charlie being an SOD, it probably wouldn't have been mm-hmm. as big as it I mean, obviously when you have those guys in that band. But MOD, you know, Rhythm of Fear is my go-to. I love that record. Bad timing, too. Like, you know. Rhythm of Fear is the first one I ever heard. And then Gross Misconduct and USA for MOD are obviously the two. Yeah. Rhythm of Fear is in 92. Just kind of bad timing. Yeah. The, the crossover scene was kind of dead by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Here's a lawnmower death talking about UK stuff. I was never really a big fan of Lawnmower Death. Me either. And Anger Watt, too, from the South. I, I didn't mention them because I think they're just awful. Number one, it's the stupidest band name ever. And they're just so boring. <laughs> you know, Anger Watt band, that's uh, in India. Isn't I don't know shit what It's like a shri- shrine or it's something. Like, I, yeah, it's a, some kind of dish. But or something. when obscurity becomes the norm... It's the worst album cover in human hit. Look at this. <laughs> It's like a fun. You know band. what it's like? It's like a prong album cover. It's kind of like it looks so, If I saw that in a record store, I'd be like, a crying Vietnamese lady? I don't want to <laughs> fucking buy this album. Like, the fuck is this? Look like, at the next one, dude. Corpus Christi. This is the worst album covers. Your band name's trash. Your album covers are horrible. I think that. God, is this the band? Never, never been a fan of these guys. It's ever. Just not. I don't think that they're terrible. I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Uh, Something of note, actually, um, Uncle Slam's albums, I think, are all getting reissued on Dive Bomb Records. Okay. Uh, So Matt from Dive Bomb, if I, if I, if I'm thinking of it right, um, he's supposed to be um, reissuing those those Uncle Slam albums, so that's something to look out for because if he does say Uncle and will work for food, I mean they're all good. Say Uncle is the shit. In fact, I think I think Say Uncle is another one with that same artist. If I if I recall, the guy that did Split Image, um, and then Doctor No. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Could be. We didn't really talk about No Mercy either. I know you're a big... Uh... I brought him up briefly, but No Mercy is... I know a lot of people love... I mean, I post No Mercy and people are like, holy... Mike Clark is just like this beloved, underrated... I mean, the guy's just awesome, man. Mike Clark, to me, is... As much suicidal as Mike Muir. And so Mike Clark has not been in the band in years. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not... It, it, it's just... He is suicidal when it comes to... It's like Rocky George was great at soloing. But Mike Clark is... More the Hatfield... Yeah, it's bullshit. him, man. That's it's why like I, would say that. I think I think James, you know, Kirk is is the lead player, and obviously has you know a lot of stylistic flip. But that that rhythm is Metallica. Yeah, 
no, I mean, suicidal to me, if you want to talk about the guitar playing, the, the way the songs are structured, how they sound, it's to me, it's, it's Mike Clark 100%. Mike Muir is a, a character. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he is kind of, you know, he's an absolute legend. I would never take anything away from him. Uh, but he also does the vocals on that No Mercy album. Um, and, you know, there's some... It's funny how you said that you like certain bands. Switching it up here. You like certain bands that did punk or maybe hardcore. And, and then they just had, like, straight metal albums. And for me, it's Wasted Youth. Oh, yeah, okay. I love Wasted Youth. I know that Matt Tard... For me, Black Days is the album to get from Wasted Youth. He disagrees. That's well, okay. LA's Wasted Youth is such that that's such a classic heart. That's the thing about bands like Jerry's Kids. You know, when, when you know whose world is like so worshipped mm-hmm. by hardcore punk fans that SSD power is so worshipped by hardcore fans mm-hmm. that when the hardcore bands. These were also the bands. A little story time, when when Metallica played CBs. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. When when there was a show at CBs, I believe the Crumbsuckers are playing. Um, Woods is hopefully he's going to listen to this episode. He'll, he'll let me know if I'm wrong. Believe me, because <laughs> Woods knows the story better than anyone. Uh, when the Crumbsuckers, I believe, played CBs, um, the singer from Straight Ahead was there. And Kirk was there, and obviously James and Kirk were big Crumb Suckers fans. Mm-hmm. You know, Life of Dreams had come out in combat. Uh, they brought up Kirk to do a solo. Now, mind you, a lot of these old hardcore dudes were still very grounded in like the DIY ethos. Mm-hmm. Singer from Straight Ahead literally gets in Kirk Hammond's face and says, "We don't want this fucking rock star bullshit here. Get the fuck out of here." Mm-hmm. Threatened him basically. Kirk was cool about it, but. When these these were SSD were the hardcore bands, they were the orthodox hardcore bands in the hardcore scene. When those bands put out metal records, it was blasphemous to mm-hmm. people. Like they were the you know, so I understand why fans don't give it a shot. But mm-hmm. if you just look at it as not the same thing, it won't. Maybe they should have just changed the name and done something else. I understand yeah. that, but I mean, Black Days sounds completely different. I love Entombed. I love to ride you straight and speak the truth in Wolverine Blues. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't have those orthodox opinions with any bands. Like, yeah, if you're if it's good, I don't care how you progress. Yeah, I don't need you to stay. Dude, I own every. Me, you know? I own every Entombed album. It's like yeah. I I can enjoy. I get why people don't like a lot of that stuff. You know. Um, because they're not dismembered. They didn't continue to put out just straight death metal albums. Yeah. You know, but nobody is dismembered. With wasted youth, I can listen for absolutely nobody's <laughs> dismember. Yeah, um, I can listen to Black Days and I love it a hundred percent. And I can also listen to Reagan's In. Yeah, and I think it's awesome. You know, I I get it. Um, I did post this on you know in the group Joey Castillo on drums on Black Days. Also played with Danzig, Queens of the Stone Age, Dave Kushner, who also played in Velvet Revolver. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Not for his not for his bank account, but 
<laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I don't, I honestly don't mind, you know, stuff like uh, uh, Black Days. Um, I think it's great. In fact, I think that's another one with that same artist, the Excel, you, uh, Dr. No. I'm trying to think yeah, of the guy's also, name, but I, and I think, I think he's dead too, according to the book. I think I, he I passed think for, away. I think for but... a proto crossover, I think maybe the Misfits and Samhain kind of need to get mentioned as big influences because mm -hmm. I think they really helped bridge that metal, especially with you know Earth AD. Oh, I yeah. think really, really helped kind of blend, you know, start the big crossover push, and even early Samhain had massive appeal to both punk and metal fans mm -hmm. at the same time. So I, I'd be remiss if we did the episode and I didn't at least mention that influence so I think it's really really important yeah uh, because I, I think uh, like we said uh, probably you know at the beginning of the episode crossover seems to have this definition I think albeit unfairly that it's just basically thrash metal I think that's just if you're in a punk band or hardcore band and you wanted to do metal that's just what you ended up sounding like I don't think they tried to sound like Slayer but yeah. then a lot of them probably played with, you know, they were all friends with these guys. They were in the same scene, whatnot. I'm right. sure a lot of that influence rubbed off. But, you know, and that goes to my point that we were talking about, you know, before the show, where I said, if when you read this book and you go with a lot of these, whether it's Dr. No or Beowulf or Excel, or a lot of these guys listen to Kiss and Sabbath like they yeah. love that stuff you know but they got to an age where they didn't forget all that stuff they just got really into punk and then when they did the metal part it was like they they still had all that influence in them yeah. so that's why I think the 80s and the very early 90s for me that's like the absolute golden era for crossover because now when people say oh here's a crossover band yeah. You know, like Power Trip. Power Trip to me uh, is a great band. The newer Power Trip, because I know yeah. there's a Power Trip in, in the book. Yeah. But they're a great band. I love the, you know, the last two albums they did. I think they're absolutely amazing. I think Power Trip's really good. What's up? I think Power Trip's really good. Yeah. But there's something that to me doesn't, it doesn't have that feel of the 80s stuff. Not necessarily musically, but there's just like some kind of feel about it that that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So who knows? I think maybe it's vocally. I think that's what I was talking to you about earlier. Is vocally, it doesn't. There's so many different styles with all of these bands. I mean, John Joseph and Harley Flanagan and. You know, it's yeah. There's definitely. I think Power Trip vocally is more extreme metal influence. Just gruff. Then, like, yeah, really gruff. There's not really a whole lot of metal like, chorus. I don't want to say really metal chorus because it's not like that. More in that kind of vein, though. Yeah, it definitely has yeah. like that. Probably because the hardcore that he's coming from has that kind of. Uh, even like Sanity Control kind of has like that same kind of vocal style. Mm -hmm. um, but my, it, I think we need to for this episode I think that what we're probably going to do probably what we should have been doing <laughs> for a hell of a long time is making like a YouTube playlist um, and putting together some of our favorite tracks 
um, you know, some of the bands that probably, you know, a lot of the bands that I have are more of like just kind of the the standard crossover. And then Joe can put in a lot of his stuff since he's way more knowledgeable about some of the even more obscure bands that like Beyond Possession and things like that. Throw some of those tracks in there and get a good playlist going. And uh, I think that'd be a good idea. And it's probably something that we should have been doing <laughs> for a long time. And I think we tried to do it on the first several episodes that we've ever done. And then it just kind of fell by the wayside. But I think getting a playlist of some of the most important tracks, um, you know, from a lot of the bands that we've been talking about tonight, you know, would be a really good start for people who are probably like me. I mean, I knew a lot of these bands, but there's a lot that I didn't know. You know, and when I was reading the book Cross Over the Edge and kind of going through it and discovering, you know, new bands here and there, it was it was awesome, you know, being completely introduced, you know, to new music and, and different things, especially when, you know, you're a metalhead and you have like thousands of albums already. And then, you know, here's Joe telling me about all these different bands and uh it feels good to discover new things so maybe we could do a playlist i know i think for this we kind of need one yeah and i know you did one recently for some death metal didn't you yeah i uh started demos and stuff yeah i compiled it's about 200 um i think it is 201 now it's a lot uh i went through it demos and most of it's from ken's crypt um and my goal is to make this um i want to do like a zine kind of periodically mm-hmm. uh, with us, kind of like have a Narcast kind of collaboration thing. Uh, just kind of compile it. So it's like a lot of most really rare demos from like the 90s. A lot of bands that never really did much. They just had maybe just a demo. And it's really super rare death metal from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty cool. We could actually definitely do one for, for crossover. I can make a playlist. I have one that I did a while ago. It even had bands like Spastic Blur on it and stuff. Yeah, we didn't mention them. I'm I'm not really a huge fan of them either. I like one album. You know. um, But (laughs) it's it's not really... I I understand why we didn't mention them. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Yeah. You know. I mean, really, they only have one album before and after. Um, I dig it. A lot, I guess I should say. Came out on Earache. It really is kind of groundbreaking. It's, you know, kind of all over the place. Yeah, it is really. It's really, It's weird, different influences. I mean, it's just kind of... Which isn't really... I mean, I, I, mean, I think Dead Horse is really kind of all over the place, too. It's just, it's... I think it's... Spastic Blur just never really stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, that much. But yeah, we could get definitely get a uh, a playlist going. Yeah, kind of show people. You know, I'm sure there's going to be about eight million songs on there. But <laughs> I love playlists, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I think it's great. So, I think it's a great thing. It's a great way for like uh, younger fans too, especially to just you know. I used to love comps. Oh yeah, as a kid. So I think that's really good. Comps were pretty much playlists back. Uh, in we the could day. put the Welcome to Venice comp on there because I think I think I posted it in the group. Was the Welcome to Venice comp. 
Yeah. Um, which has some great stuff on it. But pretty essential. I think, you know, to kind of, on my end, to kind of close things out, I'm going to put my top albums, run them through real quick. Like I said, ST, How I Laugh Tomorrow, Leeway, Born to Expire, Cro-Mags, Best Wishes, Dr. No, Wreckage and Flesh, Uncle Slam, Say Uncle, Nuclear Assault, Survive, Beowulf, The Self-Titled, No Mercy, Widespread, uh, The Cues, Grinning Like an Undertaker, Raw Power, Screams from the Gutter, Excel, both jokes on you and split image day glows uh fetus fetus dri crossover prong force fed gangrene you got it and cryptic slaughter speak your peace those are mine that's that's a great list uh all those are amazing albums i didn't make a list of um albums i would just uh, throw a dart at the uk in the (laughs) 80s yeah uh but if i really had to pick a the quintessential one album, like I said, would be Money Talks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said I'll that I'll do it from each scene. I'd say my, my quintessential West Coast, Money Talks, tied with American Paranoia by Attitude Adjustment. I would say East Coast, my number one uh, East Coast crossover record, Life of Dreams, um, tied with cause for alarm uh UK UK sacrilege beyond the realms of madness um best tied yeah. with I would say monolith because I think Mimix is a yeah. crossover band um best crossover album from Sierra Leone <laughs> Anger Watt. <laughs> uh, no, I... South Animosity. Yeah. I'd probably go... Tied with Evil Army. Yeah. Best crossover band, period. Can you pick one? Um... It's hard. It is really hard. Uh, Especially going through all the stuff that we just talked about. Different styles, different... I, you know, I would still go Cryptic Slaughter. I think they just, think they just embody... Well, I think that's what you what told me is. earlier. Was they're just kind of... That is the... I would say or the accused. I would say... Actually, I would say the accused. Mm-hmm. I think the accused is... Um, when you think of a crossover band, you think of a band just like that. Mm-hmm. That's just the perfect 50-50 blend of metal and punk. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was good going doing this episode and, you know, kind of going through all this stuff. And I'm excited to get the playlist up and get it out there for people to listen to. And I was... We did a, a playlist through YouTube, I think, for the first couple of episodes. But mm-hmm. we just kind of... Yeah, well, I don't know why we stopped doing fizzle it. Fizzle out. <laughs> but... What is what do we got coming up next in terms of episodes? I know we haven't really. Um, I thought that we were gonna do. Uh... We said crossover. We were like hard rock crossover. We did hard rock first, then now we're doing crossover. The next one I couldn't remember what. It was Egyptian black metal? <laughs> I don't know what. No, I. I... 
Not really sure. I I, I thought I think we were going to give it leave it up to the the listeners with their pick. Yeah, if you guys want to throw, we'll probably put something on Narcast and even our group share it and you know see what you guys come up with. Um, and if we like it, we'll do it. And if not, then you guys can just suck on it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm just joking. But no, I mean, or we'll just come up with something and, and lie and say that that's what people yeah. want to do. We're like, oh, you didn't see that? Yeah, they all right. wanted us to do the, uh, you know, best Bulgarian tea folk albums. <laughs> we should do a Nugent episode, dude. I'd be down with Nugent. I'm not, I'm not talking about politics. So. Oh no, no, yeah, I, My just, God. that's why I want to deviate away because you, I think you can't like, you know, yeah. it's kind of hard to just talk about Ted's. It'd be like a train wreck. You just you want to look at it, you know what I mean. You just don't. You know, but um, I don't know. We'll figure something out. I was thinking maybe like best vocal performances. Um, really, you know what? What are your best guitar albums? Best drumming? Like, like sludge. I think we were also going to do a sludge. Yeah, that, I think that, that, that was, was that, it. that was the sludge. We were going to try and do a sludge episode next. Um, we could have Justin come in and talk about how Buzz Oven scares him. <laughs> they should because every time, <laughs> every time he mentions Buzz Oven, he's like, "Oh my god, dude, it just freaks me out." I they just are, get like scared. Well, I'm, I'm, the only thing I can say about Buzz Oven is this: uh, Kirk is a psychopath, <laughs> uh, and there's a very famous band photo of them where he has a gun. Mm-hmm. In the bass player's mouth, uh, that gun was loaded, so that tells you the kind of people that you're dealing <laughs> with. Uh, Mike, who's a fan of the um, <clears throat> Mike from Black Market, Michael James, good dude, good yeah. friend, good listener, definitely. Uh, has a lot of good sludge. I'd like to get stories. him on a like at least a stoner one because I know he and I were kind of not in a negative way, but we were kind of going back. Oh, and forth he's about good. What we he, considered. He is, he is, he he's he's got his uh he's 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 knowledgeable with that stuff. He has some great um the stories of the the buzz of and I hate God tour. These people belong away from society. <laughs> they don't belong. Well, he even commented. Here. Justin posted a brain bombs. Yeah. Uh, video and he he said he loved the brain bombs and told a story about kind of stuff that I love. You know. I guess the guys from the Brain Bombs, they were going through the airport, maybe at the UK. Michael could probably, you know, tell it better again. But they found lyrics. Like, they searched their stuff and found their lyrics. And they were, like, detained because of the lyrical content. Jesus Christ. Because, I guess, according to what Justin was saying, (laughs) it's, like, it's from the viewpoint of, like, a serial killer. Or, like, something. Yeah. (laughs) But... But yeah, I mean, there's a, we got Sludge. I'd really coming up in the future. I'd really like to do kind of like a what are your what are your favorite vocal album? You know, like what's your best vocal performances? Things like yeah. that. Maybe even the best of the '90s in terms of. I believe we talked we talked we toyed around with the idea of doing a Seattle or a, yeah, that's or another or one. I would absolutely brunch. love to do that. I don't know how many people. I know Patrick would be into it. Yeah, you know. Um, but no, I think this is a good episode, so I'm excited to finally get back into it. And Yeah. It's a shorter one, too. We're only about two hours. Yeah. Usually we're here for about two and a half weeks. Yeah. But it's like a classic crossover song. I was it's about to say. To the point. <laughs> yeah, so. best to the point. 
We should have said a crossover, new crossover episode, and it's like a minute and a half yeah. long. <laughs> we just ramble through a bunch of bands, and then it's done. We just name all the bands off. Okay, thanks guys. See you Really it. fast. <laughs> Alright, well yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, look out for that playlist. We'll get, we'll get it up here very Not soon, good. promise. Cheers. Alright, cheers. Cheers.